0: Hey guys welcome back thank you so much for joining us and i hope that you were able to uh, log in early enough to join us in worship as we get to spend some time together singing and declaring or maybe you just sit and take it in and worship in reflection and that's okay too there's there's several ways to consume and participate in worship together i'm glad that we can do this together It's been several months now since we've been able to be in person and sing together and proclaim these truths and promises together, but it's so important that we do that. I think it refreshes our soul, and it speaks to our priorities, our value set, because we worship God, because he's worthy of our worship. By now, we've been through several iterations of what normal looks like, and we've been through several things that are fears that we've conquered or new fears we've discovered, We've been alone, we've been together, it's, it's just a crazy season. And I think right now is the season where we need to continue to dive into God's word. The Psalms give us a great example of continuing, of people responding to life situations and then moving forward together, relying on God. And we have a lot of life situations that we can be responding to. We're all part of something together. Many of us are part of a family, part of a neighborhood, part of a city, a county, a state, a country, a continent, a hemisphere, a planet, we're all part of something. Some of us are on teams, some of us are are part of groups, whatever it may be, we're part of something and that should unify us. And in, in unifying us, we should recognize what being part of something looks like. And I think part of what that looks like is for us to band together. And so tonight we're going to be in Psalm 46, which is a psalm written for a choir to sing together in response to a hardship that God overcame for them. And a quick flyover of what they were going through, there was uh, just a a terrible terrorist, someone out to get the entire group of people uh, to uh, murder them, pillage them, take all their stuff. Their specialty was skinning human bodies, uh, which sounds like super creepy, and it is. Uh, but that's what was going on inside the walls of this city uh, there was a man and his people who were coming to conquer the city and these people were terrified because they knew about this man and they knew his power and they knew what he would do to them he cut off all the water supply to their city and he had the power to tear down their city brick by brick if he wanted to but they were they were frightened and after seeing what god did to overcome through them, to prevent him from taking over the city, to ward him off, uh, they wrote this response. And this response is, it's a beautiful psalm. Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, wrote a hymn based on this psalm alone, because this psalm speaks to the character of God. And he, he said of writing the song that he wrote in response to this psalm, he said, we sing this psalm to praise God, because God is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil, and against the assaults of the world, the flesh, and sin. We sing this psalm to praise God because he's worthy of our praise. He powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church from everything. And that's not his church building. If you don't know by now, the church building is not the church. The, the body of believers is the church. We are his church and he defends us and he preserves us and he conquers in us and through us to preserve us and save us because he is our protector. And so Martin Luther, he wrote a song called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And I recommend you look it up. It's a lot of old English, German English translation, but it's powerful. You've probably heard it before if you grew up In one of the mainline denominations, or if you study church history, it's a big part of his story. But we're going to look through what this psalm is calling us to and how we participate in what this psalm has for us. And there's three chunks, just like any good message, any good psalm, there's three verses that have this short little refrain. And the refrain is that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's where we get to find peace and find hope and find help and find strength. So let's read together the first three verses of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. So there's there's some big things happening here about our earth and about our God, but I want to highlight on that last word I just said, Selah. You, you've seen it through the Psalms before. It's it's very much a word we we only see in the Bible really today. Um, there's like a, a '90s Christian pop band by the same name, but the idea of this it's a it's a musical term pointing to the director, pointing to the singers to take a minute to pause, Selah. breathe out what you just consumed and breathe in your reflection of it. And that's what we do as we go through these psalms together is we pause. What did we just read? What does that say about God? Let's breathe in the truth about it. Let's process that together. Let's pause together. So we're going to process what we just read, Selah. Psalm 46, one through three is God is the refuge. He is our safe place amidst all the raging forces of nature. A refuge is a safe place we can go, somewhere we can hide. Um, We seek refuge from the sun by going in the shade. We seek refuge from the heat by going indoors. Uh, We're looking for comfort amidst our discomfort. We're looking for healing amidst our pain. And we seek a refuge. So when we're in times of trouble, we need a refuge, and God is that refuge. A refuge is, is literally a place where we can trust. That word translates to English, a place we can trust. So I can trust that the shade is gonna be cooler than sunlight. I can trust that indoor with a good HVAC system is gonna be cooler than outside where the sun is blazing hot these days. We seek somewhere that we can trust. A place that we can trust is something that we feel comfortable in, something we know will provide and protect. And so there's a lot of things we do for refuge purposes. We put on a seatbelt. I trust that this is going to constrain me and restrain me if if I get in a car accident, it's going to protect me. We build our budgets to to have refuge. I have an emergency fund where in case something crazy happens, I can go to that and pay off the bill that I just got that was unexpected, the emergency. We have refuge. And what the psalmist is saying is we need to proclaim that God is our refuge because when we lean into him, when we trust him, we don't have to worry about all these other things that are going to happen. And it says all these things that are going to happen, which is why God is also our strength. When we can lean into him and he is our safe place that we can trust, he's also our our strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Very present means immediately available. He's, He's with us. We don't have to go searching for God. We don't have to go looking for his answers. He's right there with us. When we seek him for refuge, it's not like we're running far from things. It's a recognition of his presence right where we are. So he's our refuge, he's our strength. Strength is is a powerful term because we all have our own strength. And if you're like me, you rely upon your own strength to solve whatever problem you're going through, any issue. Whether it's how do I solve this relationship conflict? How do I overcome this illness? How do I take care of this problem I'm having in, in my own finances, in my own neighborhood, with my own home? Let me, let me figure out how I can do this. And if I don't know the answers, I'll Google some answers. And if Google doesn't tell me the answers, then I'll read a hard, hardback book for answers. And if, if all those don't provide the answer I'm looking for, then maybe I'll pray. And that's a terrible habit that we get ourselves in. That's a terrible habit of relying on our own strength, but the Lord is our strength. Our strength is a representation of Him working in us. Because in, in our weakness, we're made strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says that we're made perfect in His strength, that our weaknesses are made strong because of His strength. And so God is our refuge. He's also our strength to get us out of the very present. He's, he's very present to get us out of these times of trouble that we're in. And He lists these times of trouble. He says, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This is a a picture of the earth itself. Things will happen in the earth. All things can happen. Back when this was written, they were talking about how storms could knock out cities Conquerors could come and take everything and take people. They, they were literally dealing with someone who came to murder all of them and take all their stuff and conquer and take over. Today, we, we see more powerful effects of that. There's, there's bombs, there's powerful guns with ammunition, uh, there's evil people running different countries who are seeking to do evil to others just to get more power. We could see that the earth gives way, that the earth can crumble, that mountains can crumble into the sea. We can see that powerful oceans can overtake land in big ways. But in all that, they're saying that our refuge and our strength is in the Lord, because he's with us. Say, lot, let's breathe that in. God as our safe place and as our strength gives us something that we can fully trust for relief and comfort. I'm going to take refuge because what I'm going through is painful and hard, And in that refuge, I'm going to be comforted knowing full well that God was going to take care of what I'm about to go through, that God is taking care of what I'm already going through, our refuge and our strength. So God's protection and his strength, his safe place is immediately available to us. It's very present. That's a literal translation means right now you can have it. When we seek him for refuge, it's not looking hard. It's right there with us. Also, God may delay in showing his strength so that we can recognize the refuge that we have in him. There's plenty of times where we've dug in, where we've prayed, where we sought the Lord and we haven't seen an immediate result, an immediate answer, but we've been blessed in that time through total reliance upon the Lord, and that blessing in and of itself is a huge deal. And in that time, we're able to dig in and say, this is my safe place. This is the strength I can rely upon because around me, the world is falling apart. Around me, people are getting sick. Around me, organizations are crumbling. Buildings are crumbling. Oceans are roaring. But right now in my refuge, I'm safe. I'm comforted. I'm protected. And for reasons we can't understand, we can always have immediate comfort from him. And when we flee to God, as our refuge, and as our strength, as as quickly as he's available, is as quickly as he can comfort us. And I've seen this when I've seen really mature Christians lose a loved one. They're really quick to rely on God's goodness. When the world says, why would God take this person? How can you trust a God that would let that person die at that age? But they're seeking refuge from God, and they may wrestle with those doubts. But deep down, their their wrestling is still revealing God is good because I I know in him I'm going to be okay because nothing else can get me through this and fully care for me and protect me from this. So God is our refuge. We're going to roll forward into this next part, verses 4 through 7. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. So we go from he's our refuge into he's our resource. He's our fortress, the resource that provides every need that we have. To go to the backstory of the psalm, the water to this village, to this city was cut off. Those natural streams were cut off. But God provided water to them through his people years before digging streams below ground that allowed them well access so they could have water to thrive because he was meeting their need. And this water was not lacking. Without water, surely they would give in. They'd just say, hey, come take care of us. We're all dehydrated. We're going to die anyway, so just take us now. Don't delay but because God had provided through these underground water systems, the people of God had water to protect themselves, to sustain life, and to fend off evil coming their way. And God is the resource against the raging nations. He's the resource against the world-giving way because he provides ways out. He provides comfort within. And so when we think about what we're going through right now with COVID-19, it is uncontrollable. We don't have a cure, we don't have a vaccine, and that's really unsettling. But the God of hosts is with us. The Lord of Jacob is our refuge, and he's providing resource. So is is God giving us a vaccine? I believe he could work in that, but he's providing so much more in the midst of this. He's uniting families that have been divided. He's drawing people back to himself who have been far from him. He's showing us that he is able to restore relationships. And we get to hear stories of people who have been so uninvolved in church. They've been disassociated with faith and uninterested in anything that has to do with God. But because they have ample time and they're lacking distraction right now, they're seeing so much more of God's action in their life. They're scrolling through their newsfeed on Facebook or they're clicking on something on YouTube. And and then one of our services popped up or another church service pops up and they're encouraged. They think, well, this isn't the church I grew up in. That's not the God that I was raised not to like. I'm learning more about this God who loves me. And so we're seeing God as a resource. And part of that resource is provision. The river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. There's this, this river that God provides that will not be moved. So while, while the earth gives way, this river will not be stopped. You can't cut off the water from soaring, from streaming into the place of God. So God is a resource, he's powerful. He provides habitation, he provides comfort. And that's a God that we can trust in. His power can wipe out the entire earth as quickly as his power spoke into being the entire earth. And part of his resourcing is making sure that we have what we need. And we're seeing that through different stories of people from within our faith body, within our church, who are saying, how can I meet a need? Who needs groceries? Where can I buy them for you? Who needs a bill paid? I'd love to pay your bill. And we're seeing pop up, left and right, people with needs, and at the same time, left and right, people with solutions to that need. Not because they wanna be proclaimed and patted on the back, like, good job, you had extra money, you used it to bless people. But they honestly wanted to care for people in need. And that's really what Jesus would call us to, that we would lay down our comforts, lay down our lives for a friend. And so extra money is comfortable, but we have people saying, I don't need all this extra money, so let me help where I can. Let me resource people who need resources. Let me care for people who need care. And God is working in that. So everything we know in this earth can be destroyed. This building I'm in could fall down. It, it could have foundation issues at any moment, and the walls could crack and tumble over. Another tornado could blow through right here down Beltline and and knock the walls, walls down and windows in. There are many ways that buildings can crumble, but God, our refuge, our fortress, our safe place, is a strong God who can withstand those things that he created, so let's lean into him, let's sit under his protection, let's sit in his comfort, because he is our fortress. I love that verse seven, the the refrain of this song is the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We repeat that because it matters a ton that God would be with us. And we're gonna talk about what it looks like for God to be with us in this next section. Verses eight through 11, as we round it out. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes the wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Behold the works of the Lord. We were down and out, and, and we knew that this guy was going to overthrow our city, going to kill us and rob us, going to skin us alive, because that's what he's done city after city. He cuts off resources, cuts off supplies, and then he takes over. But the Lord of hosts is with us, so let's behold the work that he has done, the power that he has. And all of this builds to a reminder that God is with us again. And so when we look at the works of God, he brought desolations on the earth and he makes wars cease. So as God brings provision to people who take refuge in him and people who seek him, he can bring desolation to enemies against him. He can remove their resources and and thwart their efforts against him. And he does do those things. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. He's actively participating in preventing fighting, preventing war, so that he could be restoring people to himself and drawing people back together to worship him, to praise him. Be still and know that I am God is a phrase that we have probably used, overused, abused. We put on a ton of posters and shirts and coffee mugs and who knows what over the years. And I think we've heard it so much that we've forgotten to reflect on it. We've forgotten to claim it as a promise that God has. Because it's it's a call to action. And the biggest part of the action is in action. And I love that this is part of this this choral celebration. They're singing this. As we have seen, the earth could crumble and fall away, and mountains could fall into the sea. But God has all these resources that he's giving to us. His river will not be stopped. His water sources will not be thwarted. So let's let's remember the works that God has done and be still. Which, when you're fighting off an enemy, it's really hard to say, be still. When you're stressed and afraid, it's hard to say, be still. But I think when you're taking refuge, the best thing you can do is to be still. And if we're to take refuge in someone that has strength that we don't have, then stillness is really the best thing we have to offer. Because stillness postures us to worship, postures us to see rightly who God is. It puts us in a position to where our stillness keeps us from moving, causes us to cease so that everything else can move. And so be still literally means cease striving, stop fighting. So it's not this, this gentle like, hey, sit still, be still. This first, second grade teacher who has to say it over and over, be still, be still, let's sit still so we can do this. But it's a command saying stop fighting. Stop the war. Stop the divisions. Cease striving. You're trying to fix this on your own. And in fixing it on your own, you're only building more fear because of your own inability. And if I am very capable at everything else and I'm not able to fix this one situation, then I'm afraid what's going to happen in this situation because I don't know when it'll end. I don't know how to get out of it. Cease striving. Stop fighting against it and be still. Be still is is a command. And the command is basically saying, snap out of it. You're relying on yourself. Look, Look at me be still snap out of it wake up and stop fearing the situation that you're in because you have this mighty fortress who is a refuge and a strength and if if you knew him you could rely on that more so be still and in your stillness acknowledge who is your refuge acknowledge who is your strength Sit in awe of God is the best way that we can practice stillness. And so as I reflected on this over the last week preparing for this message, I thought, what does my stillness look like? I shared with some of our staff what what rest looked like for me and and rest was making me restless because I wasn't actually practicing rest. But when I can sit in awe of God and recognize his provision and his protection, that stillness puts me in a right spot to rest. And stillness gives us rest. So instead of a gentle command, suggestion, saying, hey, be still. like If you could just find somewhere to sit in a corner for 10 seconds and know that I'm God, everything will be perfect. I don't don't think that's it. It's more of a, a big interruption, an assertion saying, cease, stop fighting. Sit down, be still. Right where you are, you don't have to go find it somewhere in the mountains or in the woods or by the ocean be still right where you are to cease striving, to redirect all of your worries, redirect all of your fears and sit in awe of God because he's got all the resources, he's got all the provision and he's, he's wanting to lavish them upon us because when we're weak and we rely on him in our weakness, we're made strong and his strength shines through. So know that I am God is the second part of that command. If we're to cease striving, know that I am God positions God in control, in authority. And I don't think we often position him in control of our lives and give him authority of our lives. We don't give him control of our budgets, control of our family discipline, control of our relationships. We try to hold on to little pieces here and there. Yeah, I'll be still with this part and trust you, With this, but with with my job search, you let me do that. With the way I love my kids, you let me do that. With the way I talk to my wife, you let me do that. And be still and know that I'm God in everything. It's very possible to be with someone and not know them. The Lord of hosts is with us. Do you know him? Do I know him? What does it look like to really know someone? He's he's with us but do we know him? It's possible to have conversation with someone and interact with someone and not know that person. You you probably had many Zoom calls or different chats on Facebook or different interactions with people and you've learned little things but you don't really know them. And on the other hand in this season you've probably realized who you actually do know and you've come to know more people in different ways. But knowing is an action as well. Just as much as be still is an action, know is an action as well. To know God means that you're going to understand who he is. Can we even do that? Is that fathomable, to know God? There's things we can do to display our, our want to know God, to show that we do know God and we trust God, to know his character. The the first Seven, eight verses of this psalm display who God is in relation to everything else. Every psalm we've looked at has said something about God being worthy of trust, God providing us hope, God being the one we can worship because he's been faithful to do this, this, and this time and time again. We know God. So I love that this psalm builds up to this moment where we've seen everything's gone down and God has lifted it up, but our response is to be still, and know that I am God. And when we do that, he will be exalted among the nations. He'll be exalted in the earth. So when we proclaim that, and when we practice that, intentionally seeking to know him, it's gonna cause us to live a different way. It's gonna cause us to surrender our lives in a new way. Because ultimately, this psalm points us to God's provision and protection for our entire souls, our entire life. God's provision and protection comes in the form of grace and salvation through Jesus. And we get to see that on the other side of this. Just as the people who wrote this, they got to see God's provision on the other side of the battle that he won. We get to see God's provision and God's protection through the life of Jesus. The people of God are always secure no matter what. We know that promise is true. No matter what, God conquered sin, God conquered death. If you've been following our our weekend services just this last weekend, Keith used the word tetelestai, which means paid in full. There's protection and security in that, knowing that our bill has been fully satisfied, fully paid. Not that the story is finished, but that our debts are paid and settled through Jesus. And that's where ultimate protection from turmoil, war, and destruction comes from. So no matter what we're going through, what we're living in, what we think might subdue us and take us over and conquer us, we have ultimate provision and protection through the salvation we receive from Jesus, the grace that God gives us through Jesus' life and resurrection. And that's what we celebrate, the Lord of hosts is with us because Jesus came to be with us, and God sent an advocate, a helper, the Holy Spirit to live in us, and that spirit didn't give us all this timidity but power. This spirit bears fruit, and one of those fruit isn't fear, but it's love, and it's joy, and it's peace, and it's patience, no matter what. And it's self-control, and gentleness, and kindness. This spirit is working in us because of what Jesus has done. So if we practice stillness, and if we seek to know God, we truly do see through the scriptures through prayer to him, through mediation from wiser Christians, people that are following God, who who may have a, a deeper faith than us at this season, then we can really know that God is all about providing for us. He's all about protecting us. And he wants us to seek refuge in him. Just like the shade from the sun, he wants to provide that comfort for us. And he wants to give us his strength, which is far greater than any strength we can muster up. So would we be still and know that he is God? And then he wraps up with the chorus, with the refrain again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is with us and he's our fortress. He can't be shaken, he can't be moved. His resources can't be stopped because he is working. And so we sing this psalm, because God is working, God is worthy of the praise, God is stopping wars, God is meeting needs, God is restoring lives and relationships, and we participate in that. So I want us to engage in this conversation a little bit further, to dig a little bit deeper into what it looks like to maintain faith, to seek refuge, to receive strength when we see this fortress that is God. And so I wanna encourage us, part of our response is join me in a reading plan Get out your phone, download the uh, Uversion Bible app. If you don't have it, it's, it's the best Bible app I've seen for personal study. And on that app, there's a section where you can search plans and you can search for anything you're going through. We talked a little bit about it last week. A plan about hope, a plan about overcoming grief, a plan about job loss. And there's thousands of people who have written solid Bible studies that you can read, devotionals you can go through. And so I wanna go through one with you if you'll join me. We're gonna put the link in the comments. We'll have it on a post. You can email me and get the link as well. Uh, but the Bible study plan is called Standing Firm in Unsettling Times. And it wasn't written for a world that's going through pandemic, but it's written th- for a world that was suffering. It was written right after 9-11, when we saw, okay, this is unsettling. My faith is shaken. I don't know what's next. I want to live in fear because I don't know what else they're capable of or what else is coming. But it's a similar situation to what we're going through. While, while the, the terrorist we may be fighting right now is a virus that we can't seem to control much, it's still powerful to have faith and stand firm in unsettling times. So we'll post the link so you can join that, uh, or you could just search the plan. Psalm 46 is another way to see the reading plan. Just search that and you'll see it standing firm in unsettling times. And then the challenge we can all participate in, you don't need an app for this, is how will you be still? And how will you know that he is God? What does it look like to practice stillness in your life? Because it's gonna look a little different for me. It's ultimately gonna draw us to have awe in God and recognize he is who he is. How will you know God? Are you going to read your Bible more? Are you going to pray more? Are you going to seek Christian teaching more? What does that look like? So how will you be still and how will you know? So join us in that reading plan. It lasts five days. It's a short little five-minute reading plan that's five days long. I'd love to do that with you. And I'd love to close our time in prayer. God, we thank you so much for being with us. The Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob, you are our fortress, And the world may be falling around us, but we trust in you as you stand firm, as you are not shaken, immovable, powerful. God, would you continue to show yourself those things through us and to us? And would you be our refuge? Would we find you as a very present help as we go through trouble, as we go through unknown? And would you give us your strength as we present to you our weakness and which your strength shine through in the way that we love and know you, in the way that we serve you, in the way that we trust in your provision, bigger than any fear. We thank you for Jesus and for securing our ultimate protection and provision through him and the grace that you pour on us every day. And it's in his great name we pray, amen. Thank you guys for joining us for this time. We hope that you join us again Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'll be back here on YouTube and on Facebook, uh, or you can listen to the podcast or check out our website, springcreekchurch.org to learn more info. Uh, We'd love to connect with you. You guys have a great evening.